And it wouldn't be the 200th episode if I didn't talk about Destiny. Also true. But it's going to be different than usual. Okay. Interesting. I'm intrigued. It's a 10-minute in memoriam for Lance Reddick. (laughs) Should be. Is he dead? Yes. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? When did that happen? Sunday. No. Or yeah, pour some out for Zavala, man. Where the was, fuck have you been? No, it wasn't Sunday. It was like Friday, I think. Yeah, it was on my birthday, actually. Because then a bunch of Destiny players got together in the game and like prayed around Zavala for like yeah, some, the whole weekend. Some well, I can user. barely play the game, so I didn't know that part. I've well, some just... <clears throat> some but... Reddit user like made a uh, 3D printable like Zavala statue with like awesome. some quote on the back that I can actually like if I do it on the resin printer it should I should be able to get like little desktop sized ones and then if I do it on the FDM printer I can do like nice big ones that's cool yeah Damn. my waveform looks so small. that old was he 60 60 so, <clears throat> so no he he was not that old I mean that's a from a gaming standpoint that's a bummer for the horizon series too yeah but sure. i mean bummer overall obviously but yeah i mean I, he apparently he, was a destiny player too oh like yeah he, played he fucking destiny. loved destiny like one Which of the pictures crazy. of him that was posted on reddit it's him like at a con with gallerhorn <laughs> standing with a gallant like a full-size gallerhorn it's fucking awesome I, he should have just but. cosplayed as zavala like that would have been sick yeah because he's bald pretty sweet. you know yeah, yeah. He has such a distinct voice. That's going to be interesting. He, I mean, he was a great actor in everything Just, that he did you know, anyway. Troy Baker can cover it, right? Yeah. Um, I Is love that him. cultural appropriation? <laughs> <laughs> I liked him a lot in uh, The Wire, but also uh, Bosch. Um, he was very good as the lieutenant in the show, the Amazon Prime show, Bosch. Hmm. Um, but he was good in literally everything he did. He's great in John Wick, you know. Nick posted oh, yeah, a really shit. touching story about him in the in the Film Nerds channel where um apparently on Keanu's birthday all he wanted to do was see Lance Reddick and tell him how much he appreciated him and how much he appreciated his role in the John Wick movies. Um mm, wow. which is beautiful. But anyway. I need to rewatch those. I th- I think I only saw the first two. I don't think I own the third. I think, yeah, I think I lent you one and two. I don't think <laughs> it was I one of my one. random Christmas present additions to my, like, my Amazon list for Erica's fam parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have the trilogy on 4K Blu-ray, so. But I haven't watched the third nice. one yet. Third one's good. It's good. I've heard the fourth one, which just came out, is amazing. I can slot that into our actual recording somewhere with R.I.P. Commander Zavala, but. Yeah. Damn. Those suck a lot. I was very shocked and sad when I saw that news. And uh, Yeah, I mean. Not that like any death, any news of any death is like, oh. (laughs) But, yeah, he was so young. It's different when, yeah, when they're, it's somebody that's not so old and then they're involved in a lot of relevant projects right now and 
and then well yeah yeah gone bummer yep okay let's start for real i guess Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today, on our 200th episode, we're going to talk about our individual greatest game of all time. Singular. One game. We each picked one. And some of our added content, some added content from our lovely listeners. I already screwed it up. That's fine. We'll leave it in. We'll do it live! And uh, Alex and Brian are going to tell us what they've been playing. But before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. Patreon supports all the shows on our network. Maybe they will all make it to 200 plus episodes. I think horror movie yearbooks pass that at this point. I feel like those guys post constantly, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's kind of cheating, though. They got are all they weekly? Are they weekly or bi-weekly? They were weekly with the Tiny Terrors. Okay. Um, and a little bit beyond that too, with the horror. I mean, if we count our side quests, we passed two hundred a while ago. But true, it's, yeah, it's but not, we don't. Not that big it of a deal. Count. But yeah. anyways, you can subscribe for as little as one dollar, the one dollar a month, blah, and help our shows stay alive and stay well. Check it out at mpn.bz/patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. We couldn't have made it to two hundred without you. I mean, we probably could have, but it's more fun having you. Um, one of the True. perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Our latest Side Quest that came out last week, because we kind of switched it around on you guys, uh, for those who didn't catch it, is about The Last of Us Season 1. Be sure to check that out. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early, or, you know, they show up in the regular feed on our off weeks. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys are taking a little bit of a break, but their episode on Scream 6 is out, so please check that out. And then also, congratulations to Papa Tim for becoming a daddy today. Papa Timmy. Papa Timmy. Oh, I'll have to uh, text him and congratulate him. I didn't realize it was today. That's awesome. Yes. Congratulations to Daddy Long. Daddy Long Legs, as I'm now (laughs) going to call him. Um, uh, And they're they're beautiful baby boy. So, and and Amy as well. So, uh, but yeah, they will be taking a little bit of a break. Uh, There might be some Willie and Nikki stuff that hits the feed. um, and, And I'm sure that will be a lot of fun. So please stay tuned for that as well awesome very cool another yes. midwest podcast network child yeah yes. this, this network's getting large <laughs> it's good we need more content we gotta yeah. start the child labor laws are relaxing it's time to get, get them on the, the mic get back into the yeah. victorian age or no industrial age sorry yes get them on the mic all Weasel will talk to you about is probably coco melon and chocolate It'll so. probably be the most popular show on the network. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't they have won't anything like, to do. They won't be full coherent sentences. You could you could join in on that one. Just talk about chocolate, Brian. You know, I know you like chocolate. I could talk about chocolate and cheese. Ellie loves both of those things. There you go. Farting, 
kids she love to farts fart. a lot yep. too yeah mm-hmm. so anyways um before we dive into the rest of the episode i just want to personally thank all of the listeners you know past and present and future i guess if you're listening to this in the future uh like my wife is going to catch this in about three years so uh thank you to all of you for joining us all this time and letting us you know be in your ears to entertain you it is much appreciated i didn't rehearse any of this clearly um so if uh if we make it to another 200 that would be awesome and uh hopefully well i know there's going to be enough game content to get there but Mm -hmm. uh i don't have any other hobbies so i will probably just keep (laughs) doing this somehow this Uh, is the i was thinking about it this is the longest running show on the midwest podcast network yeah we're the simpsons of the midwest podcast network yes uh and yeah so thank thank you john for hosting the show and thank you guys both for partaking i did it's funny because i feel like you talk more than i do even so like you're like by word count probably a more suitable named host but i'll i'll take it <laughs> well we're all hosts in my opinion is the way it goes but you're well, the you you intro the show and that true. is you're you're the mc um but uh i don't know just cuz i am less concise and talk more doesn't mean that i'm the star so right um but i was going to say that um I w- I wanted to uh, self fl- uh, flagellate. Is that the right word? I don't even know. Uh, I wanted to toot our own horns and also just pay for some cameos for some cool people, but unfortunately, like using them in podcasts apparently requires you to pay the business fee, which is like seven times the normal fee. Um, but just to say the ones that I wanted to do. I was going to do uh, the voice of Mimir from God of War is is up on Cameo <laughs> for $95, and I thought that was going to be pretty good. Um, and then, of course, David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake, I think is also like 90-something bucks. So, like, why the hell not? That would have been sweet. Um, and then uh, Jesse Faden from Control is up there if you wanted nice. to, to, to do that. And then um, Mark Mir, who did the stock commander shepherd male voice in uh <laughs> in uh mass effect is also you mean up there rudy shepherd the renegade douchebag he's he's either nice or mean shepherd is the well, thing he can he does both i'm just talking about my shepherd yeah but either way i would have paid him to say uh the midwest Ornery, podcast crab ass shepherd <laughs> <laughs> i would have paid i would have paid him to say the midwest game nerds podcast is my favorite podcast on the citadel of course because that's you can make him uh basically sponsor the different shops on the citadel but he can do it for all of them and then it's obviously meaningless but you still get the discounts that they offer you in the game right. so but anyway uh, that would have been fun, but it didn't happen. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just lied. Maybe if we get enough Patreons by episode 400, we can do cameos. There you go. I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I might have been able like, I don't, I would have had to like figure out a way to make it 
I, I guess I kind of like tried Did to just address it. you just have a stroke? It. What just happened? <laughs> yes. I'm always <laughs> having a stroke is the problem. That's why oh there's so God. many. I say so many more words for you for, than you because there's 75% of them that are just garbage flying out of my mouth <laughs> as I'm trying to find what I want to say. But anyway. Um, abdi, abdi, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. <laughs> I was planning to write like a parody song of some kind, and I couldn't figure out what to do. The only thing that like popped up in my brain... should have just wrote lyrics to our actual theme song. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, I, I For some reason, I of the Tiger came up, and it was going to be like, it's the 200th gamers, blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't, I just couldn't find anything to... Like, I started writing the beginning, and it was like, Miking up, and I—I I don't know. I couldn't wow, get anywhere with you it. Wow, you got real yeah. far. I know, I know. I'm blocked right now in my parodies. So, and yeah. Alex will never find the gun on the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. That was my bad parody singing voice. I can actually kind of sing. And he will not stop playing Destiny. Except I had to, because it doesn't work right. (laughs) That's not how the song goes. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Yeah, so thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, For giving us, like, allowing us entertain you and for being listeners because it is much appreciated so here um cheers yeah i'll raise my diet fago grape it's my uh zero 24 ounces of water i have left did you start that at the beginning of the day because it's only like eight ounces gone (laughs) i've i've probably filled it like four times today he takes he takes one shot of water an hour (laughs) i'm not one of those people that is appalled by water like i think it's good like that's mostly what i drink i hate it i hate water (laughs) well let's save that for a side me high fructose corn syrup all day man (laughs) i want a gallon of that oh boy Oh, anyways, what have you guys been playing? I gotta play the bumper. What are you playing on your Xbox? Or on your PlayStation? Or on your Nintendo Switch? What you been playing? Brian, go first. Okay. Well, our episode release was delayed a touch, so this isn't as new of news but uh the destiny 2 expansion for this year lightfall came out i was kind of excited about it finally after being kind of uh bored of destiny for like the last half of last year um so i started playing again maybe like a week or two before the expansion came out at the end of february and uh I kept having uh, error messages and getting disconnected randomly, like all the time. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just try to get through this. And then the expansion came out and it somehow got worse. And I barely made it through the story campaign because I was so frustrated. Um, and then I've pretty much stopped playing the last two weeks because it's just that bad for me. And 
I cannot find a solution. And uh, I'm kind of pissed. Probably can't get my money back. So I'm just stuck with a broken Destiny. Uh, you know, I've been playing for... Since the first game came out, what, like, what was that, eight years ago or something now? Yeah. And now I just got to just not play because my perfectly flawless internet connection is too good for the game or something. I don't understand because <laughs> every other game works fine. I don't have packet loss. I don't use wireless, even though it says that's one of the things that could be causing problems. Hmm. I know how to forward ports, but my NAT's open anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So that's, that's my Lightfall experience for the most part, is being frustrated. Fortunately, they added checkpoints to the uh, campaign, so I like I can get back into a mission and not lose all my progress. So that was neat. But trying to do strikes and like the new battlegrounds for the season after the fact and getting disconnected 10 seconds before I grab my rewards and not getting any credit for the 20 minutes that I spent doing the activity is fucking bullshit. And uh, yeah, I can't find, I've scoured the internet. I've gone on their forums. I've talked to people in like the ritual clan that, I'm a part of and they're just like nobody really seems to be having this issue like I have other than like a handful of people on the Bungie forums and Reddit mm. and you probably just need to build a new computer <laughs> yeah because it's really outdated I'm sure yeah uh yeah I mean I have a couple other things I might try but I'm, I just kind of got sick of it left a bad taste in my mouth but as far as the actual expansion goes, um, it was okay. Like, overall, fairly fun, I guess. But the storytelling tone was very uneven. It's like it would go from these awesome cinematics that, uh, you know, like, of an epic battle going on and show cool shit going on with the traveler and whatnot. And then the stuff going on in the new, uh, setting was like completely different tonally. It was just very like fun, kind of like eighties throwback kind of stuff, which was fine. It just, they needed to pick between the two, I think, or mm. kind of like bring them together more. I also felt like it, the expansion, like they had a lot of momentum with the story in the last, uh, the last expansion, uh, Witch Queen, and they kind of squandered it. I felt like things kind of didn't go forward that much in this one. They they just kind of like, I just feel like they're biding their time for the next year until mm. things get resolved. Well, I mean, some cool shit happened, but it was it had very little to do with what you were actually doing as a player in the game. Yeah. It was just the story around the story that you were actually part of, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. The new uh, super, or I mean the new like class is pretty fun, but um, it's 
just kind of weird and kind of slow how they roll it out in the campaign. It's basically like half the back half of the campaign other than the last mission, which was pretty awesome. Just feels like they're teaching you how to use strand, which is the new class subclass, right? Not like sub class, class? whatever. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm subclass, just clear. Cause in my, when you say class to me as, as a, previous destiny player i'm thinking like oh they added something beyond being a warlock and a, and yeah. a hunter and a and a titan like what is it my bad I, I just always think of yeah you're right yeah it's, no that's cool I, I was just was only looking for clarification that's all i wasn't trying to make a stupid joke about how bad the game is <laughs> it's, it's shocking we wouldn't make a stupid joke about destiny the strand subclass is a it's a grappling hook mechanic right there, that's that part of it. Separate? You don't have okay. to use that, although in the story missions they pretty much make you use it. Uh, but like afterwards, it's you can swap it out for a regular kind of grenade ability. Mm. Okay, um, that's kind of cool. It's not the best feeling grappling hook I've ever had in a game. Can you use me. it in multiplayer? But, um, yeah, that's cool. Um. Is it traversal only, or does it, like, pull enemies in, too? It pulls you to enemies. Okay. And it can pull... Yeah. Can you, so, can you pull to an enemy in melee at the same... Like, mm-hmm. when you, yeah, that's that's, cool. that's the main use of that mechanic, to be okay. honest. But, um... It'd be dumb if it just, like, Spider-Manned you to them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like... like <laughs> you just get obliterated, because yeah. that would happen to me 99 You, you times strand to them, and then they hit you with a shoddy, like... Yeah. You know, it yeah. just that'd be terrible. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's just uh I, I feel like a lot of people are just still trying to get used to it. I mean, that's how it always is. When they add a subclass to the game, everyone's just trying to figure out how it fits in <laughs> with everything. Um But in the actual campaign, they rolled out so slow and force you into using it in moments where I feel like I would rather just be using the void subclass and be invisible half the time. Um, because the campaign was pretty hard uh, by my, by myself. It was, I Mm. played, uh, the last couple missions or so with Zach. So that was nice. But, um, that's another mechanic they added too. is they, they add, they have the normal difficulty and they have the legendary difficulty which amps up, obviously, the difficulty quite a bit, but also gives you more rewards. Um, And uh, they started doing that with the Witch Queen last year, but this year they made it so it actually scales properly to how many players you're playing with. Mm -hmm. So sometimes Legendary by myself actually felt easier than when I was playing with an additional person. But then in other ways, it's not because, you know, you can't revive yourself and it's nice to be able to have somebody around to help with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, it was fine. I'd probably give it like a six out of ten if I was doing a, a number score. But again, I, I there's probably a lot of post-campaign stuff that's really cool and like the raid and all that. But I can't do any of that shit stuff. because I just get disconnected all the time. So I guess well, that sucks. Whatever. I'm just gonna ignore it for a while and just log in one day and hope that it works, or just it won't work, and I'll uninstall it. 
fun times. Yeah. Um, did you I have did. anything else? Yeah, sorry. Um, I did. I mean, outside of the usual stuff, I did play um, the Diablo Four open beta, the pre-release weekend or no early access weekend or whatever the hell they're calling so it. So which um, <clears throat> which KFC item did you purchase to get that? Uh, I bought. A, I was just gonna get a snacker or whatever they're called now, the little sandwiches, little little sandwiches, I think they call them. Yeah. Um, which was a three dollar item and did qualify, but I really wanted to, for the sake of our other, uh, part of our podcast, the side quest, I wanted to try Mountain Dew Sweet Lightning. Cause so I got a meal, the second best Mountain Dew. Yeah, so I got two little sandwiches and some mac and cheese instead of fries, and yeah, that Mountain Dew, which I really liked the Mountain Dew, yeah. but because I get grossed out by high fructose corn syrup after a little while, I only drank like half of it and dumped it out. That hurts. That hurts my heart. I know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's so good, man. The sweet lightning was a little too sweet for me, but... um. It's very good. Yeah, I would say outside of regular Mountain Dew, the best Mountain Dew I've had. Sparks my uh, number one. But yeah, that was worth it, it to uh, play the Diablo beta early because I was really curious about that. And I wanted to be able to talk about it a bit on the show. But Do you um, know, does your progress carry over to the final game or no? Not the final game, but the next beta, which I think okay. starts, uh, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's this week, like midweek, that it uh, starts for everybody. And then when does the game drop? Or maybe it's next week. I don't know. Um, Not till summer or spring. Yeah, I should know these things. June 6th is the current scheduled release date. Okay. If you want me oh. to know the answer to questions like that, you have to brief me ahead of time. <laughs> I wonder how it's going to run on the Steam Deck. That's I a good question. Like, or if like it's going gonna, to run. Yeah, like I feel like that's going to be the main way I would be able to play it. Um unless is it is it is coming out multi-platform. Okay. Oh yeah, and it's cross-platform as well. That's cool. Um yeah, it overall I I leveled up to about 19, I think. Um this morning a little bit right before like I, I think they shut it down at uh 12 Pacific. So, I got in just enough time to finish what there is of the campaign of the first act and uh there's still a lot of like side missions and stuff to do so i'll definitely screw around with the beta the next time it is available because i only played the sorcerer which was pretty good but not quite on par of what i remember from the sorcerer class um or whatever they called it in uh diablo 3 Diablo 3 got a lot of flack because it, it wasn't great when it came out. 
compared to Diablo 2, but it really came into its own after the expansion and lots of post-release work. And I feel like Diablo 4 so far feels a little simple as far as the the character um, skill setup goes. And like, I don't feel like the flexibility is quite there, but it also seems to be a rather large branching tree. So maybe there's some cool stuff down the pipeline that I just didn't get to, obviously, because I'm only level 19. But I just felt like uh, there's not as cool as, of uh, synergy between like abilities. But... Um, Aesthetically, it's awesome. It looks a lot darker, more in tone with the first two games. That's um, cool. Which I think is what everybody kind of wanted. I heard there were people bitching about UI elements and stuff, but I don't really understand what their deal is. It's like, oh, boohoo, they made the UI readable and usable. <laughs> Too bad. That's like um, the number one headline that popped up when I searched for Diablo 4 to see the uh the release date which they're marking uh the 17th of this past uh, this past week uh as the release date on the internet apparently. Yeah. But uh from Game Rant, Diablo 4 players unhappy with the game's UI and really I like Game Rant is like one of the worst outlets for any kind of information cuz it's all just clickbait garbage like so I don't trust anything that that says. Well, I can tell you the UI is light years above and beyond uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 because it, it's just such a mess. However, <laughs> Call of Duty does has, have the single coolest feature I've ever seen in a menu system is it actually has a search bar so you can find what the fuck you're looking for. Because there's just nested menus upon menus in that, that game. That just sounds like they gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they gave up try. on a lot of things. That's the other game I've been playing a lot of, to be honest. I don't know why. I've just been... Every few years, I'm just really in the mood for Call of Duty. And I've been playing, like, pretty much every day. Regular so you've multiplayer. Only, you've only played Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and the remakes of both of them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Just there was a point well, back when I had an Xbox 360. I feel like I got got it every year for a while. Mm-hmm. But beyond yeah. that, yeah, no. Uh, but man, yeah, that's a whole other thing. There's just a lot of things I feel like they just gave up on in that game. Like, I don't even know if the music's new because it just sounds like they just took a bunch of sounds from various other audio clips and piece them together to make menu music. It just seems very, uh, like I don't, I don't for a game that probably has hundreds of people working on it. I don't know what they do. Like there's not very many maps. It's all like hinder and like buck cherry samples, like made into like (laughs) menu music. (laughs) It's really fun though, but, Whatever. That Christian rock band Skillet is probably in there too. Somewhere. Skillet. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Skillet. I think they're from here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you have any other questions about Diablo Four or not, I just like I want to play it because I like Diablo, 
but I don't want to play any of it because I know everyone else is going to just try and like steamroll me through playing it. And then I'm not going to understand the story or anything that's going on. I'm not going to understand any of the deeper mechanics. Uh, like, okay. Part of, part of my original love of that game was playing the first game by myself and like just playing through the first three missions that you get and like restarting with like new game plus to like just keep looting like moving all of my gold and equipment over and like becoming overpowered and like and then then finally like feeling like I I was like comfortable enough to like go in and just wreck shit fair enough but I, like I think what cuz I've ne- I still have never finished Diablo 3 I have no clue where the story goes with that because every time I've tried to play it everybody I play with including you <laughs> Uh, just kind of like blows through it. Well, that's because, because I finished it by it myself like twelve times. By what I was gonna already. suggest, but I like how am I supposed to you, enjoy that? Is you, you know what I mean? That's like, not how you should play it. In my opinion, my opinion is with all Diablos, play through the campaign once by yourself, and then keep playing through it on higher difficulty levels with your friends. But go through it at your own pace the first time. That that's that's the whole point of Diablo, I feel like, is after you've finished the campaign once and maybe you paid attention to the story because you wanted to by yourself so you can actually pay attention to it, um, then like the whole, it's it's just all about getting more shit and being super powerful and like honing your skill tree to your liking and uh yeah, that's that's the real fun, I think, and I think that's what Diablo three really tapped into well post game because they had a lot of cool post game shit to do, and the, like the other Diablos didn't do that part as well. But that's just a new game mechanic. I feel like like all games yeah, have I, I post games. My complaint but, is mainly a complaint I have about any multiplayer game that tries to have a narrative. Like I just I end up not being able to follow the narrative because I'm so busy trying to keep up with the people around me. You know, it just yeah. I I agree. I actually I'm one of those people. When I play single player games, I like. I always turn the subtitles off because I just want to get sucked into the cinematic nature of it. And I don't, the floating words kind of break the illusion for me. And, uh, so I, I had to reluctantly, I had to turn them on for the witch queen last year because I wasn't catching half the story bits because I was playing through with somebody else. And that's like the only way I could even catch what they were talking about is to have the subtitles on and it it can be annoying for sure. This year I tried to play mostly by myself just because timing wise, it was just easier. Also, I kept getting disconnected. Is he like eating a bag of Doritos while the, no, I I wasn't playing with him. (laughs) I'm not a popping ass house. (laughs) I'm not an elite enough player to be playing through the campaign with him. Yeah. He can't be seen with the likes of you. No, we played together sometimes. It's not like that. It's just he's got his core group now, I feel. I got a question about Diablo. So say I only um, shot the butcher from outside of his room on the first level um, like 25,000 times, and then I never played Diablo 2, and then I played the first mission of Diablo 3 like four different times across like 12 years. Should I try Diablo 4? Nah. (laughs) 
Okay. I don't think this is going to be a gateway Diablo for anybody. <laughs> like you, if you like Diablo, maybe if you liked two and you bounce off a of three, try four. But I really like this other title from uh, Dexer- Dexerto.com. Dexerto? I don't know. Uh, Diablo 4's Butcher is mass murdering beta players in dungeons due to a rare random encounter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's the thing. Like, there are so many, like, nostalgic moments of the first game for me. Like, just the first time you ever run into the Butcher and you hear that, ah, fresh meat. Like, that, and then, like, when you you pop in and King Leoric, like, you know, like, materializes and shit like I just like there's so many cool moments in those games and like the I, I'm excited for four because I like how dark they're making it seem the fact that they like went into a like classical gothic cathedral and painted the ceilings like all kinds of satanic shit in like I don't was it Poland that they did that yeah, I, I don't remember. remember, but like the marketing they're throwing behind this game is kind of ridiculous. So I don't know. I I I want to play it because uh, I love the lore and just the aesthetic of the game in general appeals to me. So I will probably play it, but I will most likely wait for it to go on sale. I think I don't know if I can pay full price for it. It's yeah, seventy dollars is a bit steep. I'm sure it's going to have a lot of replay value and I mean will essentially go on forever more so than three um but yeah I was always hoping they would would take the world like I I wanted them to take the universe of Diablo and just make a like put a world of Warcraft like you know like it's make let me play that there are elements of that now though because before in Diablo 2 and three, you had to join up with other players and they could, it was like open to everyone. You could kind of roam off and do your own shit, whatever, to an extent. But uh, with Diablo four, they've leaned into the modern open world kind of thing. And there's like a, there's like a main map where you're, you're just, there are random people running around your game. Like yeah. you're just sharing the world. Um, and the cities and all that, like the social spaces. And Fart Slayer 99 can run up and talk to the merchant at the same time as you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the NPC 99. that I just killed will miraculously reappear and do something for them. Yeah. Which yep. I saw happen. And that really, they could have at least let me walk away first before they respawn that. But it's just a beta. It's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to it anymore now that I've played the beta. Like I'm, it, it was fine. It didn't like get me super excited. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe I should have played the beta to just kind of get it out of my system and then I don't even have to buy. (laughs) You can still play again. Open beta starting this weekend on the 24th. Yeah. Um, I don't have time for that right now. I guess I don't. Yeah. Too many too many other Well, things and also on. other one other point of contention or potential thing here is that uh by the time this game comes out, it's possible that Microsoft might own them and it might just be on Game Pass. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Could happen. Might not, who knows. 
whoever can read the tea leaves of what's going to happen with that Microsoft Activision Blizzard King acquisition. I don't know. Sony kind of keeps shooting themselves in the foot with that whole thing because now they're being asked to release all of their exclusive exclusivity deals like to the to the courts. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was a battle worth playing for them, but no, I guess they're going to find just, out. They should have just <clears throat> let it go. Yeah. If they keep pumping out stuff like The Last of Us, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. got to put out stuff like that and Horizon and and just Keep having really good first-party games, essentially. Yep. Know? Yeah. They don't need the Call of Duty. They probably do need the Call of Duty. I don't know. Make a better one. I challenge you. <laughs> there is yeah. a better one. It was it called Titanfall, and it wasn't as popular. It really it can't be that hard to make a better Call of Duty. Titanfall you know? and Titanfall 2 were way better than any Call of Duty game. This, This, of course, coming from the guy who has made zero video games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I happen to be part of a prestigious uh, podcast that's recorded 200 episodes just about video games. So true. I feel like Very I'm true. somewhat of a... <laughs> I know some things. <laughs> um, I've beaten God of War Ragnarok after 62 hours in the game. And 62 I, hours? Yeah, I was really close to... I beat the narrative and I was ready to put it down and be like, all right, it's time to jump into dead space. Cause I've been itching to play dead space. Um, but I had to see it through. I had to do it. The, as Brian said, every game needs to have a post game now. And Ragnarok has a post game. Like there is a, there's a final, there are two final bosses that you cannot beat before the game, uh, before you finish the narrative in the game and there's like other areas a couple things that open up there's a lot of like dialogue and shit that you will never see if you don't play more beyond the end of the game um and there's like a couple missions and things and and just things that pop up um and i ended up thoroughly enjoying it and honestly like there was a moment there where i popped god of war 2018 in just to like try and <clears throat> understand a little bit better of where the game came from because it very much just felt like a continuation and honestly I think I've come around to the idea that I think Ragnarok is the better game. Okay. Ooh. I think the novelty of Kratos in Nordic mythology is very strong and that story that 2018 kicks off is clearly like Ragnarok would be nothing without that but in Ragnarok they pared down the looty bullshit of the first game so much despite being way longer that I feel like the choices you make when you are selecting different pieces of armor and different um, abilities and things like that are way more meaningful. And really? I didn't even really like interact with any of that crap throughout the game. It wasn't until I got to like the super difficult enemies in the end game that I needed to, because you will not survive if you do not go in with some kind of strategy, whether that is like 
stacking attack buffs or like making sure that you are recovering health with every swing of your axe or whatever you need to do. Ooh, that sounds like my kind of thing. And it's it was really good. It was really cool. There's some really awesome shit in those fights. There's some really frustrating shit in those fights. Um, but I really appreciated my time with the end of Ragnarok, and uh, and I I'm excited at some point to talk spoilery stuff about it in a spoiler cast. Um, because it was it was good. I enjoyed the story a lot. I enjoyed the game. Um, I did play more Dead Space. It is definitely Dead Space, and uh, and it's very good. I'm I'm excited to continue playing Dead Space. Although I'm hitting a bit of a difficulty spot where I have like no ammo, and I'm too much of a cheap bastard to buy it from the store, even though I have a shitload of credits that I could use because <laughs> I only want to spend those on upgrades. Um, but that's just me. Um, and then I picked up the Dead Cells Castlevania DLC, and I played it on the Steam Deck, and it weirdly locked up on me on the Steam Deck. But from what I was able to play, it seems very cool. You like The way that all the DLC packs in that game work, they kind of branch off of the beginning of the game, like the first area that you have. Yeah. Or some of them work that way anyway. But this Castlevania one definitely does. Like, you go down a hallway in that first, like, prison area, and you run into Richter. And Richter's like, yo, bro, I need your help, man. Come help me defeat Dracula. And then <laughs> you say you, it like, like that? Pretty much. And then you go into that um, section of, or, like, that next level, and you start to hear, like, these interesting, like, remixed kind of Dead cells like, reinstrumentations of Castlevania music. Okay. And it's awesome. And there's just like a lot of really cool Dead Cells like Castlevania stuff. And like it's just a it's such a fun marriage between the two games that are like Dead Cells very much owes itself to Castlevania in a lot of ways. Um and it came together pretty well. So I'm excited to play more of it, hopefully uh things got patched up a little bit it'll run a little bit better for me on the steam deck i don't know why i was having trouble with it but it's cool and if you like dead cells you should you should check it out so right on i think that's all for me well not sure where to start with all this content i have sitting in front of me here but (laughs) uh we solicited G goats. We did in our Discord. We asked everybody to tell us what their greatest game of all time is, and um, we also received a few suggestions of other things to talk about for our two hundredth episode. But let's start with the G goats. Um, I'm going to go through the listeners and other. Well, it's like a couple other people here. Um, <clears throat> I should read Tom's email first, shouldn't I? Yeah, because it's the longest. We'll start there. Okay, so, Tom, thanks again, dude, for listening all this time and always writing in some cool things for us to read and talk about. It is much appreciated. Tom says, hello, nerds. My G-Goat is Max Payne 3. It is a bit uncanny, so here is some preamble. I started playing video games in the early 2000s. My parents spent way too much time and effort trying to get me a PS1 for Christmas. When they did, I was in awe and I felt like the king of the world. Little did I know, PS1 games are pretty bad. 
<laughs> out of the ten or so I remember playing, the one, the only one I enjoyed was Crash Bandicoot Warped. That game was also very difficult for my silly little immigrant brain, and I got stuck quite a lot. Then came the PS2, then the Xbox 360. PS2 was great, but I only remember playing the GTA games. Xbox 360 was awesome, and I sunk most of my time into Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, and Mass Effects, and the Mass Effects, but one game that stood out was Max Payne 3. I played the first two and loved the grim storytelling. James McCaffrey's voice was like a massage from the dark depths of my adolescent mind. (laughs) MP3, I went to the midnight release at GameStop. This also coincided with the midnight release of Diablo 3, a much more Mm. popular game at the time. I remember being the only person in line waiting for Max. All the other nerds wanted to play some dumb buggy game about hell or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) I went home with the game, played all morning, and probably missed class or work, but it hit me like a pillowcase full of painkillers. I was hooked. The action was intense, satisfying, and brutal. I love how the room slowed down on the last kill, and you got the opportunity to pump the last guy with the rest of your magazine. It's not called a clip, quote-unquote. In stunning slow motion, the story was as grim as you could get, and our protagonist, uh, our protagonist, I can't talk. I'm having trouble. All of, our protagonist was in an unfamiliar place with little understanding of the culture or what people said. However, with all the grimness and death, there was redemption for Max. It gave me hope. The music in the game is melancholy yet pulse pounding and still pops up on shuffle every now and then. It gives me chills every time. I still play this game to completion. Giggity. Every <laughs> year or so, it never gets old. You know what? It might be time for a replay. That's it. I'm sure I've spent more hours on San Andreas, Rome, Total War, or Call of Duty 4, but none of these games I really want to play anymore. When someone asks me what's your favorite game or goatest game, I always think of Max Payne 3. Congrats on 200 episodes. Let the light of your podcast shine like the eternal light of Destiny 2. Sincerely, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a that's a great email, Tom. I know that Nick is a massive Max Payne, Max Payne 3 fan. Interesting. And- he is the only other person that I know that has talked so glowingly about that game. Like I remember that game getting shit on pretty hard, but I think it was such a fundamental change from Max Payne one and two that the audience was not as appreciative of the changes that Rockstar decided to make when they made Max Payne three. Okay. So, uh, do you believe it is in my Steam library? I feel like I need to try to revisit it because I did play the first two and I loved those ones. Yeah. I, I think, uh, well, and they also have, uh, I believe Remedy's working on a Max Payne 1 and 2 remake thing, master, remaster remake thing. Uh, that remake is coming. Yeah. At some point soon. But no, I, I, uh, I've always been curious about the Max Payne games. I've never really checked them out, but uh, I, I'll probably wait for that remake, remaster, and then I'll certainly check out three after I play through one and two. So, I think that's I just, a good choice. I recall. Too. I think I recall the Max Payne, the first one at least. Like, I, I can picture it in my head. It, it was on the cover of like Electronic Gaming Monthly or Game Informer mm-hmm. or something, and it was him like flying through the air with the guns out, and he was making that. Like the gritty yeah. face, you know. Uh, what what's that Punisher or not Punisher? The preacher guy's fa- like. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Dylan face. Yeah, d- he's making Dylan face. Making basically. Dylan face. Yeah, that's uh, Dylan face. And um, I can just picture it because I remember them talking about how the like the the textures in the game were like next gen or something yeah. like that at, at the time. It was like it was like a whole new technology going into this engine they were using or something like that, and they were putting bullet time in video games or whatever, yep. like. Yep. Because it was all post Matrix. 
Yeah, so, it's pretty I, cool. I never played any of the Max Payne games, but I uh, I will definitely uh, I feel inclined to check them out now with such a glowing review. Um, yes. from Tom here. So, uh, and then in the Discord, we also we got a message from Bruce, who at the time when we put it out said he was trying to narrow his down from Silent Hill Two, Bioshock, Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, Doom, the original or Uncharted 2, etc. And then just as we were pinning the messages to read back <laughs> on them, he said, I'll go with Silent Hill 2. It really got me into gaming in general, despite coming to it seven years late. So, um, wow. yeah. I, uh, I, I watched Jason play Silent Hill 2 a handful of times. So uh, I'm not a horror game person, per se, depending on the game, I suppose. I like the zombie ones, obviously, because... I'm cliche like that, I guess. But, um, yeah, Silent... I mean, they're supposedly they're working on some Silent Hill something or other. Oh, they're, they're, no, they're doing... They are. They confirmed that with, like, a big, like, Nintendo Direct-style thing. There's, yeah. like, four Silent Hill games in the works, and one of them is a remake of two. Okay, so... Um, which, that's I the thing. Seeing... Like, I, I do find it difficult going back to play old games now. Like, we're, yeah. like, we are spoiled by the technology that we have, for sure. So, getting remakes and things is great. I also, I don't, what, what game was it that they just remade that the developer was like, we had to remake this because we want it to, we want it to continue on. I, I can't remember what it, I'll have to see if I can find that. But the idea of developers just going back and remaking games with new technology you know, not only to just like make it look more pretty, but just to make it play better is awesome. Like that's another thing that Tom had kind of said with his extra content that he was asking us about is like, um, uh, you know, what, since you guys keep reproducing and shit, what are some of the games you'll introduce to your kids? What kinds of games will you want them to, what kind of gamers do you want them to become? Do you even want them to be gamers? And are there games you'll discourage them from playing? Like part of one of my fears of having my kids play games is that some of the games that I'm I'm obsessed with won't be available for them to even play mm. you know you can't really play Destiny 1 anymore can you? And yeah you can it's still online for how long? and then when it's, question. when it's gone is it gone gone or you know is somebody, somebody gonna develop a way yeah, the server? Like, you know how many other games like that exist Probably Hard quite a know. few, you know? Can yeah. you play Destiny EverQuest too. anymore? I don't know. Can, is EverQuest even around? Not that I ever played it, but, you know, it. how difficult is me to get Diablo 1 to work on my current PC? I don't even know. Like, you know, could There's I get... There's a good old games release, but... Could I get... Uh, what's that other game that I have? Uh, Shogo, I think, or something like that? It was like a mech first-person shooter Ooh, game that came out. That game like, was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I remember that I game being, that being super sick, and I have Andy's copy of it somewhere in my closet here. <laughs> uh, I might still have that. But yeah. could I make that play on my current computer? My current computer doesn't have a fucking CD drive, for one. Like, so Probably. Yeah. If you use, uh, like, DOSBox or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's funny. If you look at a lot of that stuff that we played when we were kids, there's a lot of abandonware websites, which is basically people trying to be like, this is legal because nobody cares about it anymore. Here's a copy of this game, and it's not legal. Yeah, like, like is the is but, the uh, Frankenstein point-and-click adventure with Tim Curry there? Because, like... That's not, that's actually... I'm pretty sure that's on Good Old Games as well, which is also the crazy. awesome thing about Good Old Games. Let me double-check that. But I'm, I think it's up there. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I would love for my kids to play games, you know, and like by what kind of gamers do you want them to become? Oh, it doesn't matter fair. to me. Like I would want my kids to just, it, it's similar. Like I want them to be passionate about something. So if it's video games, good for them. That's awesome. Like, you know, I yeah. think any parent would want that for their child to just have a passion for something and enjoy it and like have a hobby. And even if it's video games, you know, I, like that's, I, video games have been a huge part of my life. So I would hate for my kids to like not want to play them or to like, look at me as like, oh, my dad's a gamer, barf, you know, like. <laughs> I think like, a lot of that stigma is is, is going away, um, which is nice because yeah. it's, you know, but. But it's like, it's thought, part of like when, not to interrupt again, because no, uh, this is what we do, but like seeing Willie and Nikki take Josie to that horror con that they went to. Yes. Like, I want to take my kids to PAX. Like, that would be so yeah. sick, you know. I want to get. I want to make them. I have these three D printers. I want to make them like armor, Destiny armor to wear, like little tiny Destiny armor sets. You know, would be sick. Yeah. Like that would be so cool. Give me a purpose to have a three D printer for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I definitely want my kids to be gamers. The only thing I might discourage them from playing is I don't know. Like, I can't even Destiny. Sex with Hitler, maybe, and like. <laughs> You know, kind of bring it back around to that. Ravenous <laughs> devils. Ravenous um, devils. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. And there's like, uh, there's part of me that wants to be the, the like, eh, all right, here's a Nintendo Entertainment System. Check it out. And I don't want you to know what exists on mobile phones and Fortnite and all that type of shit. Because I feel there's a little bit of a, as soon as you know that things like a PlayStation 5 exist, it's really hard to care about a Super Nintendo, you know? Yeah. Just like, it's like kids watching old uh, Disney hand-drawn animation, and they're like, I don't know about this. So then we got to remake it into a live-action turd of a movie so that it can reach these new generations because they don't want to watch the stuff that looks like it was made in 1978. I mean, I still want to watch that stuff. I love that. We animation. do, but we have the nostalgia for it. Is the thing, and these kids who don't, don't they don't they can't they don't have that touchstone to be like I can respect this thing because it doesn't look like it's ancient, you know? Yeah, it's I guess kind that's, of... that's that's kind of why I'm glad there's shows like Bluey. Like, I don't know how much Bluey you've watched, but I've watched none. But I really want to watch it because I've heard amazing things. About it, it one the animation is hand drawn, old school, cool, but not really because it's probably all done digitally now. But it's and but the it voice acting is great. It does look hand drawn. It, it has great voice acting and it's funny as hell from like a parent standpoint because it's about mm-hmm. like you know some. Australian healer or whatever kind of dog they Blue are healers or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny. Anyways, the point being like, I, I totally get that, um, that idea of the, like, just like, cause I feel the same way. Like, it's hard. It's hard now, even as somebody who grew up with that stuff to go back and play those games. I think so. there's something to be said. Like my love of retro games is very much limited to the stuff that I have nostalgia for. I really desperately, want to get the massive projection TV that's behind me somewhere to a place where I can put a PlayStation on it and try to play through Silent Hill 1 as intended because I have never touched a Silent Hill game yeah. in my life. That I've would never cool. even seen a Silent Hill that game That would be in my fun life. to set that all up and stream <clears> that. <throat> like, 
first that's, first yeah. time playthrough twenty five years later kind of thing. I think right? that'd be a ton of fun, and and I and I think it would be interesting, especially ahead of a remake of Silent Two, to be able to have that comparison point because I think so often it's really difficult to remember what like i couldn't even remember what god of war 2018 felt like compared to god of war ragnarok and when i booted up god of war 2018 i was like holy shit ragnarok looks insane and that's like barely even a generation away you can play ragnarok on a ps4 yeah like you could play the original god of war 2018 so yeah i i I don't know. I cherish the retro game thing so much that there's part of me that would want to do like the history of gaming thing, but I also feel like that's a really good way to be like this. The, my dad cares about this so much that I can't possibly care about this. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of the way that I would like. I feel like that could happen. So who knows? But no, I think it's a good point and question. Um, it's a good spot. I'm gonna I'm gonna inject my goat here. So my goat is can you guess probably symphony of the night yeah yeah 100% okay and that because that is a game that i feel despite being two dimensional is timeless in its animations it because the fr- the frame rate of the animations is not your standard like 2d cells you know like pixelated animations mm-hmm. like alucard's animations are pretty fantastic all of the animations yeah. of everything in that game are fantastic uh, I love the setting, obviously. I love the lore of Castlevania. I love Alucard as a character. I think he is a beautiful vampire man. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty groundbreaking. I'm pretty sure like the original artist of all of the Symphony of the Night like concept art uh, is an extremely well-known Japanese female artist, and mm. I, I don't know her name. That's not that's how well known she is to, to me. But like I think that's huge because I feel like more often than not, like the guys develop the people developing these games are usually men. So I mm. think that's like it was ahead of its time in that regard. Um, also, the music is just incredible, and it, every single song in every level is an earworm. Ayami Kojima is the name of the artist, one of the two artists on the game. And and um, and also Michiru Yamane, the composer, is uh, a woman as well. Boom! There you go. It's like, yeah, the, the Symphony of the Night is the my greatest game of all time. Period. Like, I don't think I I will ever. I've I've replayed it on everything I've owned. Like since PlayStation. Like I I except PS2 because I don't think it was on PS2. But and I also didn't have a PS4. But I did play it on 360. And I played it on Xbox One, and I have on my iPad and on my Android phone, and I've played it on everything, and it's so good. It feels the same on every single system that I've played it on. The controls just feel perfect. It it is it is a perfect game in my that opinion. game. It is so. Uh, it is the. Uh, let's see here, math. It is the twenty sixth anniversary of the release of. Castlevania Symphony of the Night today. No shit. Yes. That game is four years away from being 30 years old. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Which is nuts. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I it I, it's really hard. Like, I, I, I looked at my list of from our 50 games that every gamer should play episode to try and narrow down my G-Goat. And all of them are great candidates for mine. 
Symphony of the Night is just too good. Like, I have to almost, I knew that you were going to pick it, so I was like, I'm just going to try and pick something else. <laughs> because it's just too good. And it's this weirdly untapped, like, at the time, it was a very untapped potential in terms of the Metroid style video game. And now that style is everywhere. And you know how it came back? It was a bunch of indie developers who fucking loved Symphony of the Night and Super yeah. Metroid that are now making video games that have caused things like Metroid Dread to happen. And so um yeah, Symphony of the Night is incredible. There's we've talked about it so many times. But yeah, you have to talk about it again if you're talking just, about the greatest game of all time. I absolutely love it. There's yeah. like there's nothing wrong with that game at all. Yep. Except like, the only thing wrong with it is when you're in um the underground river level and you can't get that last corner of the map mm. because it's in some mm. weird position. Uh, specifically, it's it's when you're in the upside down castle version of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always pissed me off. But beyond that, it's it's a perfect game. And I just yeah. I can hear the music in my head right now, like just thinking about it. It's so good. Like For I said, sure. every song, every level has an earworm. It it just like it just gets you, man. It's so good. So good. Uh let's jump to Willie real fast in the chat. He said, My goat is Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. That was on GameCube. Yep. And he said, fantastic storytelling, game design, way ahead of its time, and a blast to replay. Uh, I did own this. I played it for about five seconds, and then Final Fantasy Crystal Crystal Chronicles came out, which I also only played for about five (laughs) seconds, and then Metroid Prime took over my life on the GameCube. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I suppose... No, I played through all of Metroid Prime 1 and 2. Uh, They're fantastic (laughs) games. Uh... So yeah, I Eternal Darkness. It's funny. I was going through some junk in my basement, and I found the strategy guide for it. Oh so, really? Yeah, that's awesome. So I have it's that. Pro- it's probably worth like eighty dollars. That'd be crazy. I also found my Final Fantasy VII reservation T-shirt, which I think is worth like three hundred dollars. That's awesome. Uh, I'm just gonna reprint all of the. I found a bunch of shirts. I post them on my Instagram. I'm gonna reprint all of them at work just because I want to have like brand new versions of those shirts. But anyways. Yeah, I want to play Eternal Darkness. I want to go back and check that out because if I recall correctly, it is an RPG. Uh, it's like an action RPG style game that is like uh, some form of survival horror-ish thing. It's on my list of shame, a thousand percent. I've always wanted to play that game and I've never done it. Um, so, someday. I, I've watched Willie play some of it and it always seems very cool and I want to check it out myself. Hmm. Brian, what's your goat? Uh, rather than put thought into the thousands of games that I feel like I've probably played at least a minute or two of here and many of them for hundreds of hours, uh, I just kind of went naturally with, uh, doom because I think it always comes back to doom for me. I just, I just feel like no other game captured me in such a way like I was just obsessed with that like I, I I would go over my friend's house and play and I basically conned my parents into getting a computer that could run <laughs> it 
<laughs> because my computer at the time could not just because I needed to be able to play that game at home. Like it was, it, yeah, it, there was nothing else like it. It was just, um, the first of its kind really and groundbreaking. And I mean, yeah, technically not the first first person shooter, but pretty damn close. And the only one I feel that came out just perfect right from the beginning and the music's awesome. The artwork's so awesome. It still holds up today. I feel even without mods, um, just the character design and everything. It just feels great. And it's the right level of challenge. I mean, you can play it on easy, you can play it all the way up to nightmare and it's still just good and balanced. And, I don't know. It's just awesome. And it has it was my first experience playing multiplayer deathmatch. Anybody's first experience cuz that was a new thing for shooters. And um Yeah, you just man. took the tin can and put it next to your computer and then the line went to the other <laughs> uh, by the other computer. Yeah, pretty much actually. <laughs> at, at some point I had cobbled together parts to have a second PC and I could play games between them. And I went to Radio Shack and bought really a phone here. cable and like some parts to build other parts to build uh, a serial cable. Like before <laughs> you, you used LAN cables to hook two computers together, <laughs> you could do that. It was rudimentary, but it was affordable. <laughs> Cause that's how much I wanted to play doom, you know, with somebody else in the comfort of my home. And then, you know, eventually get internet and such for that. But did you give them some of your $2 bills and silver reserve money? To get the <laughs> oh. All right. And that's the last we will ever hear from Alex. I was gonna try and I'm talk sorry. with like a like a prospector voice. <laughs> also, like, pretty wild to think that that game is thirty years old this year. Yeah, that's nuts. <clears throat> it doesn't feel like that long ago. I guess I don't know because it's, it's held up that well. Yeah, it still seems modern. And we're still denying how old we are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big part of it. Uh, Alex. Yeah. What's your goat? It's a game time decision here, basically. Sweet between all of the games. That's uh, honestly not one of the ones that I was going to go with. Really? I, I have I had four <clears throat> on my list, one of which would have been Symphony of the Night. And I think in the end, what I'm going to go with, the two I didn't pick are Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> okay. The one that I'm picking is Shadow of the Colossus. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Specifically, I think the PS4 remake can take the cake um, because it felt the way that I remembered playing 
the game on PS2. But looked a thousand times better and, and controlled just a little bit better. Um, that game, when I thought about this, I I wanted to go with the Metal Gears, but the Metal Gears are trying so hard to be a movie. You know? It's yeah. Kojima trying to make a movie through video games. Shadow of the Colossus is 100% gameplay. There's no talking. There's barely any cinematics. There's a couple text boxes. But it's just playing the game and figuring it out. And you stumble upon these colossi. And every single one of them is a puzzle, but it's also a fight. And they're all boss battles. And it just feels like the only... Like, the game can only exist as a game. Like, you could try and make a TV show out of it, but then you'd be making something completely that isn't Shadow of the Colossus. And I think it's kind of just completely unadaptable in that way. And I'm sure tomorrow HBO is going to be like, we're making Shadow of the Colossus, the TV show. And I'll be like, this is going to be fucking awesome. But I just... Starring it doesn't Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, but I think it's just a, it's kind of, it's pretty singular in what it is. Like, I don't really think there's anything that's quite come close to the perfection that is Shadow of the Colossus for me. And like the music is incredible. The graphics in the, in the PS4 version are great. The graphics on the PS2 version were great back in the day. Um, it didn't perform particularly well, but it does on the PS4. And, um, despite there not being like a strong narrative, there's still some, I like the moment of profound sadness when you kill your first Colossus and it like invades your body when you kill it is unlike anything else. Like the, just the insane feelings that you have for like, these are the only other living things in this world and I'm being steered in the direction of killing them all and as i kill each one of them they all come back into me and form these dark shadowy figures that surround me as i wake up on the altar that i started at uh, at the start of the game it's just it's incredible it's a great game everybody should play it the ps4 remake is awesome and uh i gotta go with that that's my my G goat, cool, solid. Yeah. Um, did we? I think we had two more G goats. I'll read through, uh, and we can save. I think Tom's questions for maybe feedback on another episode, if you guys would like, because we are going a little long here. Um, but I did want to get to a couple more G goats. We had a G goat from Jason K. He said, my Jigo is really, probably really basic, but it's the game that made me love gaming at a very young age. My Jigo is the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I've played it all the way through and gotten all the gold skulltulas and the greatsword. I've beaten the game countless times, including on other platforms. I played the 3DS version, the GameCube promotional release, and on an emulator that I had on my college laptop. I was born in 89, so I was nine years old when I first played it. Uh, when my friend got it for Christmas. I didn't get a Nintendo 64 of my own until Christmas of 99, and so I played Zelda at my best friend's house Christmas break of 1998 over the course of two weeks. We kept playing into the school year and finally beat the game near the end of January. We had the official Game Guide magazine, too. I think it's a timeless classic of a game that still holds up and always will. 
Uh, great, great answer. I, I, you could call it basic, but honestly, like, there's a reason for it because literally, like, a shitload of people played it and regarded it as one of the greatest games of all time. And I, yeah, I, certainly no wrong answers here, but that would be one of the least wrong of all of them, in my opinion. Um, and then Tim wrote, host of Horror Movie Yearbook, NHL 94. I played it on Sega Genesis when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not sure if the console makes a difference. I judge a game by how much fun I have playing it, and I'm not sure I've ever had more fun playing a game. For me, sports games especially, I've really lost the fun factor as they've become more focused on closely simulating the actual game experience and being in the front office. I can still pick up and play a lot of those early Madden and NHL games at any time, and it's the 94 version that's the high watermark for me. Now, I always think of the scene from Swingers when playing NHL 94, but it's actually NHL 93. Either way, it's the scene that captures the joy I had playing this game with my brother and friends growing up. Uh, another great answer. Yeah, I, those games were a lot of fun. I spent a lot of time playing those. I find it interesting but... <clears throat> that everybody has games from different generations. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all like fairly similar ages to a certain extent, Brian being the extreme, but, um, you know, like just, we all, everybody chose games that are from like different generations of hardware and everything. And I like, that's that I find that interesting personally. I mean, what some of it is also when you're younger, you're limited in which consoles you're going to be, uh, exposed to and whatnot. I just happened to be more into PC games because that's what I could play at home and I didn't have a console. I was only able to play those games at friends' houses until I was older. Yeah. And I bought all the consoles and then I sold them all because I don't need all of them. I also think that like the the while we are all similar ages, I do still think like the formative years of my own video game playing are probably in the PlayStation 1 time frame, which I feel like is also true for you, John. Yeah. But, um, I, I, like, I think there's some level, like, I don't think Symphony of the Night fits this, but I think if you were to, like, look back at some things, there are some people that would pick games, and they would probably be, f like, actually a terrible game at the time. They just have a lot of nostalgia for it. Right. You know, it was just what you played at the time. It's like how much I love the movie The Pest. Um, you know, I have nostalgia for that movie for some stupid reason. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But you just have such a strong tie to it because it hits you at the right time. And, you know, in the end, it might not actually be that great. But in all of these cases, like, I feel like these are all games that are legitimately great and pretty timeless and so you know i think there are those ones that stand up above um and continue to you know matter a lot so yeah sweet sure. yeah so those are those are goats g goats greatest some games of, of your all goats. time if anybody else listening who we didn't talk about has any goats G-Goats. Send them in. Send them in to us. Join our Patreon. Tell us in our in our Discord. Do it. Do it. 
Anyways. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was that? I was, I had something else I was going to say, but now my brain's like melting. Um, because <laughs> it's getting late and I'm losing steam here. Uh, just thanks again to everybody who listens, tunes in to hear these episodes and checks us out and joins us on discord and has conversations with us. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's much appreciated. Uh, and, uh, we're just, you know, happy to share this thing with everybody that we've been doing. And, uh, hopefully you enjoy listening. I mean, obviously you do enjoy listening, but hopefully you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy doing it. So, um, looking forward to the future, even though we'll probably have to take a little bit of a break in like a month or so when yeah. my second child arrives, more babies, more babies. You'll just have to listen to me have an aneurysm for several episodes just by myself. I won't even invite Brian. I'm just going to sit here and talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. (laughs) And ramble in fractured sentences. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Our next episode, I feel like there are a lot of games coming out in the next couple weeks. There are. But I'm drawing a blank. Resident Evil 4 comes out this Friday, but I am contemplating not touching it until I can play it in VR. Okay. I have not. I mean, I still have Dead Space that I want to get through. Um, So, we'll have to see what ends up happening. But... You guys will hear it next time. We're all fading. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> quietly. Hmm. Okay. If you want to follow us on social <laughs> media, see all the places you can listen to the show. Check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And uh, yeah, next time we'll talk about some other games that are coming out, hopefully. Um, something like that. Yep. Cool. This is the most like, anticlimactic ending to a 200th episode. <laughs> 200 episodes. 200 episodes. <laughs> Very Ooh. proud. It's... Yes. Uh, it's hard recording at 10 o'clock at night for me. Yeah. But That's I did fair. it. We did it. We done did it. Also, we hit my microphone. done did it. And that probably made a wicked noise. Anyways, all right, everybody. We will see you next time. Peace.
and so bring up the beep. Yeah, let's beep. Everybody's recording. Ooh, yeah. How about beep dirty, where it's just fart noises? It's <laughs> a good plan. Beep dirty, not ready. Oh, fuck. I'm not recording. <laughs> you were so okay. fucking ready, but now. 12 seconds. Boy, it's stupid. That was wonderful. <clears throat> oh man.